Washburn here. And that moment we've been waiting for has finally fucking arrived. Bossy Power Bottom Wear is now officially live on RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com for purchase. Bossy Power Bottom Wear. The gay lifestyle and clothing line that unapologetically describes what it means to live your best gay life and show others through your clothing that you bottom like a boss. Want to know more? Go to RonnieWashburn.com now. That's R-A-O-N-I. Washburn.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with bossy power bottom wear. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The following is brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. So if you're thinking about moving to the beautiful city of San Francisco, let me do you a little solid here and tell you all the things that I didn't know about before I moved here that you should expect before you arrive. San Francisco. I mean, let's just be real. I really don't foresee myself moving anywhere else in this world. And truthfully, I don't think there's anywhere else that I'd rather call my home. In fact, when my ex-husband came home almost nine years ago at this point and told me that he had gotten a job in San Francisco and asked me if I was ready to pick up my life in Sacramento and move to San Francisco, After my initial, like, sudden shock, because I had no fucking clue he had planned on doing that at all whatsoever, I began to feel a little bit of sense of excitement. I mean, let's just face it. San Francisco is one of the most iconic cities in this world. It's gay as fuck. There's bridges, there's beaches, there's hiking trails, amazing food, craft cocktails, landmarks, high-end shopping, you name it. We've fucking got it. I mean, how hard could it be to adapt from my suburban Sacramento lifestyle to just merely an hour and a half drive away to city living? But you guys, I'm here to tell you there was so much shit that I really didn't see that I was about to experience and have to adapt to. So I thought that I would take the time in this week's expose to give you just a little list of all the different things that I am now just completely and entirely comfortable with. But if you're like thinking about moving to San Francisco, it's kind of a warning, so to speak, on what you can expect. So sit back, relax, put on that condom or 
pop your prep pill and let's find out all the things that I had to grow accustomed to when moving to this beautiful city of San Francisco. are now listening to My Gay Exposé Podcast, a show that unperfectly describes what it's like when life has you fucked in the head while being fucked from behind. I'm Ronnie Washburn, a writer, LGBTQ plus community activist, self-proclaimed, messy, loud-mouthed, and somewhat semi-passable podcast host. Bopper sommelier, porn star, fluffer in training, and local San Francisco bossy power bottom that just so happens to be on the left of you on your grinder grid. And this is My Gay Expose Podcast. Ronnie Washburn here. And welcome back to the show that actually was born in the beautiful city of San Francisco. My Gay Exposé podcast. And on this week's expose, I'm going to tell you what it is to truly live in real life San Francisco. All the things that might not be the most desirable of all time, but really are the things that we as San Franciscans just have to get used to and come to terms with the fact that this is quintessential San Francisco at its finest. And this week on the Your Gay Expose segment, I reached out only to my San Francisco friends and asked them, what is your favorite part about being a San Francisco City resident? And what's your least favorite part about being a San Francisco City resident? And why? But first, before we cross the Golden Gate Bridge on foot, because after all, San Francisco City residents don't drive. Didn't you know that? First, let's hop into this week's re-expose. Welcome to this week's re-expose, the segment in which I take the time to Reassess, re-examine, re-explain, restart over, or just re-say shit that I said in past episodes that either you didn't fully understand, I didn't fully understand, you came for me and I felt like I needed to readdress, or once I re-listened through for an edit, I was like, oh, fuck God, what the fuck was I even trying to say there? What a goddamn mess. That definitely merits a re-expose. All right, you guys, so check it out. I know a lot of you out there might be asking yourself, what's going on with the show? Why am I listening to some episodes that I've actually already heard before in the past? And the answer is really very simple. I'm kind of in a weird space. This whole, like, last couple of months has been 
just a clusterfuck of emotional back and forth and all over the place. I'm in the midst of, you know, going through the motions of upgrading my life at work, which is a very long story in itself. But also at the same time, I'm trying to vest this new relationship with my new boyfriend. I'm trying to maneuver through this new dynamic of actually trying to find somewhere to live after eight years of living in the Castro District of San Francisco. I've decided to pick up my life and move to a different living situation. I'm, you know, I'm really just living in a very toxic environment and have for the last eight years. And you might be asking yourself, what the fuck? Why did you stay for so long? And, you know, that shit will probably be disclosed in future exposés. But you guys, moving in San Francisco is not the easiest thing in the world. And so I've been putting a lot of time and effort into that. But don't worry. Everything is going to be okay as far as my gay expose podcast is concerned. I have a lot of shit planned for the show, a lot of new shit actually planned for the show coming soon, but I'm just in a current situation because of the move, because of work, and because of everything. I just don't have the ability to record. It's a really long story that I'm not going to get into, but basically I just don't have the ability to record each week. And so I'm just reprising some of the most classic episodes back in the archives for all of you to consume once again. So stay tuned, you guys. More good shit coming. I'll probably update you on all of this bullshit I've been going through for the last couple of months. And I'll be back better, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and ready to run my mouth just as much as I have over the course of the last three years. So stay tuned for more good shit here for my gay expose podcast and Bossy Power Bottom Productions coming your way so very soon. So before we get my gay expose on this week's topic of conversation that just so happens to have a sex store on every other corner in the Castro themed undertone. First, let's get your gay expose. And this week, I asked only my San Francisco friends this question. What is your favorite part about being a San Francisco resident? And what is your least favorite part about being a San Francisco City resident, and why. So let's get those responses now. Sergio says, My favorite is that I don't have to own a car to get around town, but my least favorite is that it's so damn expensive to live here. Daniel says, my favorite part of SF living is how beautiful it is from so many different vantage points. And for me, it's the ideal weather and the people keep it mighty interesting. My least favorite part, I would say, is the cost of living and the mismanagement by our mayors, current and past, who haven't done anything about cleaning up the filthy streets. Michael says, the gay freedom is my favorite thing about the city, but I'd have to say my least favorite thing is 
the homeless problem. Jeff says, my favorite part of the city used to be socializing in the community. But now, post-COVID, I'd say my least favorite part of the city is socializing in the community because it just isn't what it once was. Wow. You know, honestly, I have to agree, but also I sort of feel like that's really the dynamic of anywhere you are in the world right now post-COVID. I mean, don't you think? Helen says, my favorite is definitely the food. My least favorite is how dirty and unsafe it's gotten. So, I mean, okay, dirty, yes. Unsafe, I don't feel unsafe at all. I mean, granted, I live in a very safe and nice neighborhood, and I I really only run in circles of people who are in the nicer neighborhoods, but I definitely am in the dirtier neighborhoods often, and I I still don't feel unsafe. So, I... I I mean, I don't know. I guess everybody feels just a little differently. But for those of you who are considering visiting or moving here, I definitely don't feel unsafe, for sure. Abraham says, My favorite part of living in the city is how free it still feels compared to other parts of the world. And also the architecture. Although, I don't like how dirty it's become. John says, My favorite is the food, but my least favorite is paying all this rent. Keshev says, The jury's still out on both. I haven't been here long enough to think of either. Peter said, On one hand, There's so much beauty all over the city. But on another hand, there's also so much dirty all over as well. Kyle says, never a dull moment. There's always something to do. However, I do dread the first of every month because then it means I'm going to be poor for the next couple of weeks. Marvin says, my favorite thing about living in the city is the close proximity to everything. I can see my friends pretty fast and having them into the city is amazing. I really can't even go into everything I hate about the city at the moment. It's a fucking book. (laughs) Kevin says, my favorite thing is the boys. My least favorite thing is... The boys. (laughs) Oh, God. You know, it's so funny, but it's so fucking true. And if you don't understand that answer, then, like, figure it out. Because it's, like, SF Fact 101. (laughs) And as usual, all of these answers are just one big giant cluster fuck. Really just all over the place. I mean, honestly, these for sure are definite goods and bads. Like, I couldn't have answered any of these questions any better in the goods and the bads. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with some, if not a few of them. But really, this is quintessential San Francisco at its fucking finest. 
And if you have any questions about what it means to visit or live in a big city such as San Francisco, well, you're about to get all the things that I had no fucking clue that I was about to walk into and had to completely 360 change my life for in my day-to-day, everyday, ritualistic routines. And don't worry if you didn't get your answer read this week, uh, because I didn't actually extend a question because it was just San Francisco friends. Just continue to follow on Instagram at Exposing My Gay. And remember, the funnier the answer, the more likely you'll be read live on the show. And now, let's get my gay expose, and you'll find out what exactly I learned when I first moved to this beautiful city of San Francisco that I had no fucking clue that I was in for. All right, you guys, listen. I wanted to take this quick time out to ask you for a huge favor. I need all of you right now in this moment to go over to Apple Podcasts and click five stars. This helps us in the podcast world out so much more than you will ever know. It actually gets us to that trajectory that we're actually already on our way to just a little bit faster. And it makes things start happening. I really just need your help. Please, if you wouldn't mind, just go to Apple Podcasts, click five stars. And if you don't want to click five stars, just, well, keep that click to yourself. (laughs) But you can also rate five stars on Spotify too. So wherever you listen to your podcasts, please, I need your help. Click five stars and allow my gay expose podcast to get to that next best thing. that I'm most proud of more than really just about anything else in my life is, you you know, aside from being like a daddy to a little boy, and no, this is not that kind of show. I'm actually talking about being an actual father of an actual child. (laughs) And, you know, being an out loud and proud gay man is really just being a part of this beautiful fucking city called San Francisco. And just being a resident for the last like nine-ish plus years has really just been some of the most fulfilling, rewarding, messy, salacious, uh, just mind-blowing, ridiculous, blacked out moments of my entire life. And truthfully, I don't think I'd have it any other way. But when my ex-husband came home all those years ago, when we were still both living in Sacramento, And basically just said like, hey, you know, I just got a job offer. And by the way, it's in San Francisco. And I also just so happened to land a room that we could rent out there as well. So are you ready to move with me to San Francisco? And I just stood there with my fucking jaw dropped to the floor, not even understanding how all of this is suddenly a thing when I didn't even know he was looking for a job outside of the city, or even a room nonetheless. And uh, honestly, that is an completely entirely convoluted story in itself that's separate from this 
And truthfully, that'll be covered in its entirety in my upcoming book entitled Gay Walk of Shame. Because there's a whole hell of a lot more behind why that actually became a thing. But, you know, all of that aside, I mean, I do honestly fervently feel that I was actually supposed to meet my ex-husband for the sole reason of moving to San Francisco. Because if it wasn't for me meeting him and realizing that I didn't want to be with him and divorcing him and moving out on my own and becoming a single gay in San Francisco, then I wouldn't be here in this moment. I wouldn't be here now. I would definitely not be the person that I am today. And I just really wouldn't be me. And I mean, I'm, I love me. I, I actually love me so very much, almost as much as living in this like gay city. <laughs> but truth be told, I mean, coming from most of my life living in the, you know, suburban dynamic of Sacramento, and then suddenly being thrusted into the city life, there were so many different things that I had to get used to and that were like total culture shock that I didn't really think would be as significant of an th- impact in my life as I now sitting here in this current moment in my cute little cozy San Francisco gay bubble look back on and realize that there was a lot more adapting that I had to do in my life to you know sort of acclimate to the San Francisco city living so here are just some of the things that if you're considering moving to San Francisco from wherever it is that you live outside of this cute little cozy San Francisco gay bubble that you should expect when moving here. First up, we've got the weather. Now, you know, I came from Sacramento. It was very seasonally driven. There was a lot of rain, a lot of dry heat over the summertime. I mean, you could really just honestly predict how the weather was always going to be while living in a place like Sacramento. But in San Francisco, that is far, far different than I would even ever know Because not only does it just constantly remain at the same temperature almost year-round in regards to just always being cold, always like the same temperature pretty regularly, you know, just going out when it's a little bit warm during the day and knowing that you have to take a jacket with you, otherwise you're going to suddenly be freezing just mere hours later, it was really just a hard dynamic for me to even like put my mind around. I just couldn't figure it out. But like that being said, when it does get hot here randomly, because the city is so like, it's just normal for us to constantly be used to having cold weather. All of these old fucking Victorian buildings, they don't, none of them have air conditioning units or heating. So there's no central heating and air. It's just that moment where you basically walk into your room and have to strip down completely naked when it's over 75 degrees because there is no possible fan on the market that will ever make you feel cool enough during this weather. And it's so funny to me to hear and see every single time. Like there's like recently in this current moment, we've had like this significant heat wave, which I'm sure like it's so funny because the entire fucking country is experiencing all this extreme heat. And really the only city that's not literally no joke is 
San Francisco. I mean, last week, as we sit here in this moment, we had our like high and what was really just in the like 80s, which anywhere else would be a beautiful day. But in SF, because we don't have heating and air in our businesses or like residents, it's it's a miserable nightmare. You know, my bedroom in my house is like where the sun spends the bulk majority of the day. So when I come home, oftentimes I walk into my room and it's like a fucking furnace. And the only way that I'm going to feel any sort of like relief from the heat is just stripping down naked and just hoping that my fan will kick in that much more. And speaking of fans, the second it gets like four degrees over 75 in SF, you cannot buy a fan at any store. The Targets, like all the hardware stores, nowhere. They're all sold out. The shelves are bare. You just can't find a fan, which is just another dynamic in itself that I couldn't figure out. Like, how do you run out of fucking fans? Like, oh, because everybody is so desperate to buy them because it's four degrees over like what would be considered a comfortable norm anywhere else in the country. <laughs> but I, I, whenever I see my friends bitching about how it's like slightly like 84 degrees or some shit like that, and they're just bitching up a storm, I'm like, try growing up in Sacramento where you can get up to over 115 degrees and then let's talk. <laughs> let's, it's so crazy to be, but yeah, you know, it does, it is a little bit harder to figure out how to stay cool when you don't have an air conditioner. That, I will say, was definitely a hard dynamic to get used to when moving to the city. And speaking of weather, there's this weird phenomenon here called what, I don't even know if this is officially what it's called, but this is what I've dubbed it and called it, misting. It's not quite rain, but you're getting wet and you don't really need an umbrella. Your hair's not going to get messed up. But water is definitely coming down from the sky. And what the fuck is that shit? Like, I it really, it, it's just the fog and the mist with water coming from the fog. It's like precipitation. Some Whatever the scientific bullshit is for that, it's a real thing. And like, I remember the first time I walked down the street and I was like, what the actual fuck is this? Like, I'm not getting like real wet, but I'm kind of getting wet. Like, my phone's getting wet. Like, what the fuck is, like... I kind of feel like I need an umbrella, but I don't really think I need an umbrella. I don't really know. But misting. Yeah, something you should definitely watch out for because I had no fucking clue what that shit was. And it happens a lot. But on that note, speaking of umbrellas, umbrella etiquette is something I feel in the city that we need to like brush up on because like, let's just face facts. San Francisco is a larger city. And so therefore, especially in the downtown areas, it's very New York in that there are people all over every square inch of the sidewalk walking to from A to B. Most San Franciscans don't drive. They walk places. So even when it rains, which by the way, another weird dynamic about it, you know, the weather in SF is that it doesn't really rain that often. I honestly can count on one hand how many times it's rained in the like almost nine years that I've lived here? It's really fucking crazy. So that was weird in itself as well. But also when it does rain and you do have to 
use an umbrella and you have to walk down the street and you have to share the sidewalk with like 50,000 other fucking people. Why the fuck don't people move their goddamn umbrella when you happen to be walking next to someone? Like, I just feel like people should just, like, they don't give a fuck. They just barrel through your umbrella and your umbrella hits theirs and theirs hits yours and you try to get out of the way because you're trying to be polite, but they don't give a fuck. What the fuck? Somebody, please, did somebody out there write some sort of a manual or a book on the proper umbrella etiquette? And what is it I need to know, like, who has the right of way? Like, I just, it's a very San Francisco fucking thing. It just is. Like, I just, somebody please send me the credentials to crack the code. (laughs) And speaking of rules and the right of way and all that bullshit, I had no clue when I first moved to SF about the entire dynamic of the right of way with escalators. Now, any big city person out there knows this is a thing, but because I was just so suburbanized and so unaccustomed to this concept, I have no clue that when you use an escalator moving forward, that if you are on the left-hand side, you have to walk up. And if you're on the right-hand side, that's where you can stand and wait for it to get to the top. I had no idea. And so there were a few times where one of the guys that I was dating shortly after my husband and I broke things off, we would get on an escalator and I would just stand there talking to him and he'd be like, oh no, and he'd push me over to the left because I had no idea. And now, even to this current moment, as I like get on an escalator and, you know, see like people who clearly are not from here just standing and blocking, now I get pissed off. <laughs> So also there's like this weird like homeless people problem in the city that I'm like so beyond used to at this point. Like, I I mean, it's just a normal everyday thing to walk by the most disgusting, smelly, urine-soaked, drenched, foul, dirty-looking motherfucker on the street. And, you know, the idea and the notion of you just walking by in your beautiful, expensive suit on your way to work and having to step over the guy that's sleeping in front of the, you know, abandoned building. It's just, it's just so fucking normal here. You know, there's a rumor that, and I can't verify this for certain, but that the mayor of Las Vegas, because he wanted to like eradicate the city of the homeless population because of all the tourists that would like flock to Las Vegas on a regular basis that he sent one-way tickets airfare for homeless people to San Francisco because we already kind of had like a homeless issue because of you know the hippie movement in the 70s and many of the homeless people currently are like still those hippies that are like have all of their brain their, their brains are all completely fried on drugs. And it's just, that's a huge part of it. It's not the only reason why, but anyone who is homeless and really just lives to shoot up their next, you know, needle up their arm. I mean, that's just San Francisco living. Just viewing that as you're walking down the street, going to your nice high-end Chanel boutique to go for a quick shop. Like, it's just, it's fucking normal. 
And, you know, on that note, uh, human feces. Like, I mean, you have to be careful where you're walking. You can't just look at your phone. You can't just walk straight ahead and look straight ahead. You actually have to watch where you're going because not only can you step in human feces, but you can also step on disposed needles from the homeless population who have, like, just gotten rid of their needles after they've shot in their arms up and just fucking... you just got to be fucking careful from that shit. And that, yeah, as crazy and as, like, scary and terrifying as that sounds, there are certain parts of the city where this is a very fucking real thing. It's normal. It's common. It's there. Just get used to it. If you have plans to move to San Francisco and you you have a, a problem with, like, the homeless population, for example... Because I know every single fucking area treats their homeless different. It's just something that we have just all come to terms with. We've all gotten used to, and it's just a very real thing. Like, we don't always like it, but it's just there. And truthfully, if you leave them alone, then they'll leave you alone too. That's really kind of the only great dynamic of that. But speaking of homeless people, because of that... You actually can't just randomly go to the bathroom whenever you're out and about walking around or running, for example, like I do on a regular basis. And suddenly, because you had so much coffee to give yourself that little added burst of energy on your daily run, there's nowhere for you to pee. You can't pee because all businesses have every single one of their public restrooms locked. You have to buy something. There's a code. Because if they don't, then homeless people will just go live in these public restrooms. If you, you guys, it sounds so crazy, but it's very fucking real. And if I had a dime for how many times I walked into a public restroom in San Francisco and watched a homeless guy like bathing himself in the fucking sink, then I'd be rich enough not to work. So as a result, it just gets really hard when you suddenly have those emergency moments where you need a restroom right away. And what do you do? Especially if it's like diarrhea or something sudden and emergency related. And like, how do you convince the barista at Starbucks that you just have to go take a shit in their bathroom so bad? It's just a really kind of a San Francisco problem, (laughs) but a very real thing. And speaking of walking, That's another normal and common thing that I wasn't accustomed to. Walking from A to B. Every new friend that I made in the city, whenever we would go anywhere, I'd be like, oh, okay, can we just walk? Or, or, sorry. Oh, okay, can we just drive? You know, whatever. Call an Uber. All of it. No. San Franciscans, they just want to walk. Everywhere. You guys, the city is seven miles by seven miles. So if you think about that logistically, it's really not that hard long of a walk to get anywhere, really. And I've adapted to that whole mentality and mindset. Because if you can't walk, you can take a bus or the subway. And that leads us into the next thing that I had to get used to, which was the idea of not driving from A to B everywhere you wanted to go, but actually taking public transportation. Now, you guys, I've seen so much crazy shit on public transportation, it's not even fucking funny. I've seen some random dude who was clearly not well in the head just randomly decided to spray a thing of mace in the fucking BART car and, like, 
it hit everybody that was in direct contact of him and it cre- created this moment where the entire train had to stop. It was just a whole thing. I've gotten on buses at like about midnight and watched dirty old men pull out like naked women, little things that they've ripped out of magazines and just like view it as if he was reading a magazine just in public in front of everyone. I mean, I've seen people shooting up on, but like you name it, I've seen it all on these fucking buses. (laughs) One person gets on and he smells like piss and shit and dirt and grime and disgusting and sits themselves right next to the pristine businesswoman who's wearing this you know, runways, Burberry Trench. It's just very normal San Francisco. As a matter of fact, a common thing that you can get used to that San Francisco kind of has a reputation of having is the entire notion of this that if you want to go into the high end shopping areas like the Chanel boutiques and the Neiman Marcuses and the Saks Fifth Avenue and all of it, then you're just going to have to be able to stomach the smell of human urine. That's just a fact of life. And that's just very San Francisco. (laughs) Another culture shock moment for me in SF was two very different things. Now, here's the deal. All the girls that I have befriended over the years from Sacramento are very, let's just say, how do I say this without being offensive? (laughs) They're very like, they try to keep up with the Kardashians, so to speak, quote unquote, because they all, you know, fake lashes, too much makeup, get their hair blown out, all of it. It's just, Sacramento is very much that. They just like are riding on the coattails of all the girls in LA. So that's what I what kind of was accustomed to and used to. So when I moved to San Francisco and would get on like the bus, for example, at 7 a.m. to go to work each day... And look at women who would just get on the bus with no makeup and their hair still wet from the shower. I was just like, what the fuck is that? Like, these girls, they don't wear makeup. San Francisco girls don't wear makeup. And if they do wear makeup, it's too much makeup. But most of them, they don't wear any makeup. And not only that, I just don't think that they've been introduced to the concept of blow dryers. I mean, I use a blow dryer. I mean, I'm gay. But still, it's like, I just, what do girls in San Francisco have against a fucking blow dryer? Like, I just, I it, I could not get that. And I mean, now I'm used to seeing it on a regular basis, but I just could not wrap my mind around, like, how and why. And then there is the entire dynamic that's completely opposite of suburban Sacramento, otherwise known as food. Now, here's the thing. San Francisco is very privately owned restaurant, privately owned coffee shop, privately owned this, privately owned that. And I just, we don't have very many big chain restaurants or coffee shops or any of that shit out here. I mean, aside from like the Starbucks and like the Pete's coffee and shit like that, for sure. But like restaurants, no. If you're in San Francisco and you want to own a restaurant, you own it. You don't, are you're not, it's not a chain. Chains don't survive out here. And really the entire dynamic of why the food in San Francisco is so fucking good is because they're privately owned and they have to survive by having good food. Because if they don't have good food, then they're going out of business because there's no fucking corporate chain that's going to bail one location out because 
they don't have good food. That's just not how this city works. So for me in Sacramento, it was all about the chilies and the Applebee's and the chain restaurants. And so every time I go and visit my best girlfriend and my son in Sacramento and they want to eat at one of these places, I'm kind of like, really? Like, that's where you want to go? Like, like, uh, okay. <laughs> I'm so much more grateful for just the word of mouth dynamic, the places that you can only find on DoorDash that you can't find anywhere else. These are the places that just make food in San Francisco amazing. <laughs> also, San Francisco has a reputation for like having one of the best like craft cocktail industries really in the world. And truth be told, like, I mean, it is just very fucking normal to go into a cute little bar that you had no clue was there because it was, you know, it looks like one of the shittiest and diviest spots in the city. But you walk in and it's beautifully decorated and it looks super expensive. And then speaking of expensive, you walk in, you order a cocktail and one cocktail and almost no buzz because there's not enough alcohol in it. And $26 later, yes, that is very San Francisco to get two or three drinks and maybe like a little appetizer here and there and have your own bill by yourself be over $100. So welcome to San Francisco. <laughs> oh, and speaking of expensive, like spending like $10,000 for a little cracker box, tiny ass, rickety, falling apart at every way you look, place to rent, to live, to call your home, is San Francisco quintessential <laughs> in itself. Like that is just what we do here. My apartment is, I want to say 3000 I I share a room with someone because that's how expensive it is to live here. So I pay about half of that. But really, our apartment is so fucking tiny, I couldn't even tell you. My ex-husband and I, our last apartment that we had in Sacramento, which by the way was like a super high-end luxury apartment complex in the North Natomas area, was like $1,300 for two bedrooms, you know, XYZ square foot, balcony, all the amenities, parking space included, all of it. And here, no. You, you're lucky if you get a toilet that flushes <laughs> every time you try to flush it. It's very that. So, I mean, you know, why it just, and by the way, that $1,300 that you were spending on luxury, you're lucky if you can find that while sharing with two other roommates here in the city for even smaller than one of those rooms in that luxury apartment. <laughs> oh, it's very San Francisco. But, you know, we just all do it. We all, we're all here. We all live here. And that is just what we have come to know. And last but not least, on my list of things that I really just didn't really know what I was getting myself into when moving here, but really quickly realized was a very San Francisco thing was being single in San Francisco was something that little did I know I was probably going to be for most of my San Francisco life because let's just face it all the gays here in the gay community they only want to fuck they only want to hook up and the ones that do want to have relationships are the guys that you don't want to have relationships with <laughs> 
That's very San Francisco. So if you're planning on moving to San Francisco with the idea of looking for love because you just heard that San Francisco has the most gay population or whatever the fuck you've heard, I'm here to tell you it's a constant quest of just not finding anything that you're looking for in regards to a relationship. And you know, all of us here, we've just embraced it. We've come to terms with it and we just get on our grinder and hook up just like everybody else does looking the next day for a guy that was a little bit better than the guy that we fucked before. So those are all the things from my perspective or my gay expose that you can expect if you plan to move to the beautiful city of San Francisco. do we learn today, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, gays and straights, hot jock tops, or bossy power bottoms, gender fluid and non-binary, bisexuals and lesbians, transgender, and questioning. Well, I'd like to think we learned a whole hell of a lot, or at least we learned what you can actually expect when you decide to pick up your life and move to San Francisco. And trust me, you've been warned. These are all the things that you will encounter when moving to the city. And if you have any questions about any of this at all, or just want a little bit more detail, by all means, reach out on the My Gay Expose podcast hotline at 415-501-0401. That's 415-501-0401. Call in Leave a message and ask away. I'm happy to give you my advice based on living in the city for the last, (laughs) shit, almost decade. And if you don't want to call, go ahead and shoot an email at mygayexpose at gmail.com and ask away. Or just tell me what you thought about this week's expose. And with that, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Click five stars, follow on Spotify, to turn on those notifications so that you can catch wind of each and every episode of my gay expose podcast right when it drops follow on instagram tiktok and twitter at exposing my gay and don't forget to check out the official show website my gay expose podcast.com and there you'll find any information that you need to know about the show including the official show question of the week for the your gay expose segment each and every week. And don't forget to check out the official show merch line, Bossy Power Bottom Wear, at RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I, Washburn.com. And for more information on Bossy Power Bottom Productions and all the good shit that's coming your way so very soon from this production company, go to BossyPowerBottom.com and check out all the different projects coming soon or already out there for the world to digest and with that don't forget to check out our show next week each and every week and join me for another messy salacious and relatable episode with me exposing my gay i'm ronnie washburn and just be patient i'll be back so very soon with all new episodes and i can't wait to spew out all my filth and fuckery coming in 
the upcoming weeks. And I will see all of you in San Francisco next time. expose has been brought to you by bossy power bottom productions want to know more go to bossypowerbottom.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with bossy power bottom productions